Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Good evening, Life Church. Great to be with you. I'd like to start off with a, a funny story I heard the other day. There were two brothers who lived all of their lives in this little village, and the time goes on, and eventually one of them passes away, and the other brother goes to the local vicar, and he says to the local vicar, look, you know that my brother was a really kind of character. I said, look, if you will say something nice at his funeral, if you will call him a saint, I'll make a generous contribution towards your parish. And the vicar thinks for a minute, he thinks, okay, I can do that, that's fine. So the day comes around, the funeral's all there, the guy gets up to give his address, and he goes, well, you all know this guy, we've all lived with him, we've all put up with his bad behavior and his filthy character, and robbing and stealing and cheating, but he says, compared to his brother, he was a saint. <laughs> Nothing to do with my talk at all tonight. Okay, so my three words uh, tonight that I'm preaching on is love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And um, I'm going to be reading from uh, the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles to that, if you've got it with you. Luke, chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. And I don't know, um, probably you like me. When you think of your neighbor, you think of the person next door, maybe. The person over the hedge, at the back of where you live, across the road. Those who live in the close vicinity to where you live. But it might surprise you that Jesus actually sees your neighbor as not just that, but something much more. So I'm going to start reading now from Luke 10, 25 to 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of, 
Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So Jesus said, verse 36, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? It's interesting, isn't it? Of course, we all have neighbors living close to us in our near vicinity. And uh, I don't know about you, but um, <clears throat> probably we've all had various dealings with different neighbors along the years. I mean, certainly I've lived next to a few people that I wouldn't necessarily have chosen to live next door to. Loud music late at night, coming in drunk, untidy garden, their cat coming in and booing in the front lawn. How, how, how annoying is that? Living next to neighbors can be a real challenge. But here we find Jesus saying, hey, look, your neighbor isn't just the person that lives directly next door to you, but someone that comes into your area of influence at any given time. It can be a complete random encounter. Maybe for you that's it could be anything, couldn't it? But other people that can be your neighbors are maybe just your work colleagues. Perhaps people you travel to on the way to work. People you meet in the shop. Anyone that comes into your circle of influence at any given time. And you know, I feel I get really challenged because when I think of where God has placed me at any particular time, I'm always amazed to find out that, hey, flipping neck. It's like God has placed me here. And you look back at some circumstances in life, you think there's no way that was chance. And I really do believe that God has placed us in the right church, in the right neighborhood, on the right street, in the right job. If we believe that God is in control of our lives and he is in control, and he's in, then we've got to believe that he's placed us where he wants us irritating as the neighbors might be. And why has he placed us there? Why are those neighbors there? Well, <laughs> of course, our job is to love our neighbor. And really, at various times, that's the very thing we really feel like we don't want to do, isn't it? Honestly. And uh, yeah, I've just been really challenged. I was part of a church plant in uh, Bollington some years ago. I moved into an area and uh, when we planted the church and onto this particular street. So I'd invested a bit, as we all do. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I'm going to make it my job to get to know my neighbors. And I thought, well, how am I going to do that? Because I also believe that you can't drive tanks over cardboard bridges, if you get what I mean. It's all about building a relationship. Your neighbor is, in, is the long haul, isn't it? The man on the way to Jericho was the divine encounter. The man had a choice. Was he going to get out of his comfort zone, get his hands dirty, let him cost him a bit, and be effective for God, or was he going to pass by on the other side? We all get those opportunities in life. But your neighbor, you're in the long haul there, aren't you? They're watching you. <laughs> Especially if you whoop, pop your head up above the hedge and say, Christian. So I moved into this area and um, I'd learned that 
what you have to do to be really effective was just to get really filled with God. And uh, really, like the scripture was saying at the very beginning of the, the scripture we just read. I'll read it again. Verse 27 of Luke 10, it says, when the man said, what do I need to? He says, ans- he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I've come to realize a really important key here for myself and for all of us, and that is this. Everything we do, if we want to be effective for God, flows out of our relationship with Jesus. Amen? And God is wanting us to be red hot, doesn't he? And we're all really busy, and there's things that get in the way, and people want our time and our attention, and, and, and. But that's why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He knows we get wrapped up in life. And for me, that means getting up early in the morning and while Donatella's still in bed and no one else is around and opening my Bible, I get a coffee and, you know, I drag myself out of bed sometimes. I've got to. I want to. I need to get filled with another kind of love if I'm going to reach my neighbor. Because in the past, particularly where I lived, the neighbors are very irritating. Not the kind of people that you would choose to love. Probably I was the same at one point. So I learned, as Jesus said, the big key is to get filled. And, you know, we're not limited in that, are we? Love the Lord your God with what? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. That, to me, speaks of someone who's serious about the relationship with God. And they're, going, they're not just having a quick arrow prayer on the way to work, are they, out the door? Loving the Lord your God is saying, hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in this relationship. I'm, I'm going to discover what it is to know Jesus and how to flow in him. So I kind of got hold of this, and I thought, right, I'm in this new area. I've got to, you know, somehow bridge the, bridge the gap and uh, get to know my neighbors. I was doing landscaping at the time, and it took me several minutes each morning to load up my truck on the drive and my trailer and all the rest of it. And I lived at the end of a street where all the neighbors, if they wanted to buy a pint of milk or a newspaper, had to come past my gate. So I would just linger around in the morning, and I was looking for opportunities. And it was just, a, it was just like, hi, morning, yeah, I'm the new kid in town. How are you? Yeah, have a nice day. And, you know, the British people, are not, they're not really the easiest to kind of, you know, befriend, aren't they? When you just say hello, they think you're weird sometimes. And there was this one particular guy called Bob. And he walked past my gate every morning at the same time for two years. Morning. You all right? You all right, mate? How are you doing? You're fine. All right. Have a good day. See you, mate. That was it. Every day for two years. We never got past. All right, mate? How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, okay, have a good day. And then one day, he stepped on my drive. I was up the scaffolding doing an extension on the house, and I had my antennae up. I wanted to reach my neighbors. And he stepped on my drive, and I thought, something's up here. I was down the scaffolding pole. I said, are you all right, mate? How are you doing? I said, I said do you fancy a cup of tea? I got hold of him by the arm, 
took him around the back of that, into the kitchen. I said, all right, buddy. I said, what's going on? And he was trembling a bit, and he, he was shaking a bit, and he said, oh, I'm, not, I'm not, not, not very good, really. I said, well, what's going on, mate? I said, what's happening? Uh, he said, the, the, the doctor said I'm going to die. Well, I'd just been spending time with Jesus. And in my Bible, you know, Jesus is a resurrector, and there's nothing too difficult for him. I said, listen, Bob, because I did know his name. I said, look, let me just tell you this, mate. I said, you are not going to die. In fact, if you'll let me, I'd like to pray with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. He said, actually, what happened was uh, uh, I've been around all the churches, and the church doors are locked, and I couldn't get in. And then I, then I tried to phone the pastors, and it was always a, it was always a <laughs> an answer phone. So this roughneck around the corner says, go and have a chat with Pete. He'll sort you out. All right, Lord, you know, can I pray for you? So I put my hand on him, and suddenly there was this bolt from heaven knocked him. He goes, whoa, whoa. He says, what, what, what was that? And I said, wow. I said, that was, that was God. He said, that was good. I said, yeah. And he said, can I come back tomorrow for more? I said, you come back anytime you like, mate. <laughs> Next day, he's back in the kitchen. He said, can we pray? Yeah, we never got past it. All right, mate, how are you doing? Can I pray? Yeah, all right, fine. A cup of tea. That was about it, really. How are you feeling? I'm feeling much better. Got to go back to the doctor next week. Went back to the doctor. He comes in like beaming. He said, you won't believe it, mate. He said, the doctor said, my, my liver's packed up. It, it's gone past the point of recovery. I'm not going to live. I'm dying. He said, the doctor can't find anything wrong with my liver. I thought, praise God. I said, would you like to receive Jesus? Oh, yes. He received Jesus. He started going to church. He became my friend, and he worked for me for 12 years. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? But what I believe is that each one of us have got a group of people around us in our particular area. Maybe it's someone who just walks past the gate each morning to get a cup of tea. And they are waiting for you just to bring a word of life. They don't know they need salvation. But their spirit is crying out for someone to show them some love. And as we, get, as we start showing people love, we, we, they, they develop trust, don't they? And as they develop trust, the barriers come down and we're able to somehow speak into their lives. Romans 13, 8 to 10 says this, Let no debt remain outstanding. Accept the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. Whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. My wife and I run a, um, uh, a rental, um, actually it's a house of multiple occupancy, an HMO in Macclesfield. It was an old pub and I bought this thing at auction a few years ago and um, we now use it to help to fund our mission, which you're going to hear about next weekend, a little bit more of. And we rent rooms. We have a big communal area and we have a cellar, ground floor, it's a big old building. It was absolutely uh, derelict when I bought it and we've now got a number of people in there who help to fund 
our children's work in Uganda, which has been tremendous. And we're very, very careful who we invite into the building. Uh, say no more about that. Uh, but one person slipped through the net, so I thought. This was a Moroccan guy. Uh, I'm going to call him Lally. And uh, Lally was a lovely guy. He came into our house. And uh, we, we did manage to get the first month's rent and eventually the deposit out of him. But kind of months went by. And anyway, it caught up with us just this last week. Without me realizing, because I was too busy, he got four months behind with his rent and owed us a significant amount of money. We've got, we, we're funding this mission in Uganda. We've got orphan kids to feed. And, you know, it's a big responsibility, a big joy. But this money was huge for us. And we couldn't quite make the payment on time because. So we're trying to contact this guy. He's turned his phone off. He's not available. He's staying out late. He leaves me notes. And everything he writes on the note was a diversion. And as the weeks went by, you know, we're praying. And humanly speaking, you get frustrated. And you kind of think, actually, if I wasn't a Christian now, I would go round and I would knock his head off. And it wouldn't be in love. So it came to a head. He's getting paid on the 31st. That's it. That's his payday. I said, write to my wife. I said, I'm going to stay there all night if necessary until he comes in. I've got to, got to nail this. I've got to make a plan as to how he's going to pay this back. So uh, I wait on, and my wife said, Are you sh it's Friday night. Are you sure he's going to come home? I said, I don't know. I'm just going to stay here, love. Oh, that's it. I'm sorry. She wasn't very well. So I wait. 9 o'clock comes around. 10 o'clock comes around. 11 o'clock. It's quarter to 12. And the door opens, and there's a scurry as he comes in, straight up the stairs into his room. I go outside the building. Bedroom's light on. I thought, I've got him now. That's it. And some weeks before... My dear wife has said to him, you know what, love? We actually need to lead this guy to Jesus. And that wasn't on my agenda at the time. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, he's from Morocco. Probably God's going to use him to reach the nation. I thought, yeah, could be. Could be. Yeah, we need to lead him to Jesus. I've forgotten all about that. I was going to, I was just, I wasn't in the right spirit, really. But I was trying, Lord, help me not to nail this guy. Knocked on his door. Can we have a chat, Lally? Yes, 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 of course. Come downstairs. We're trying to get in. I'll keep my voice down. Everyone's asleep in the house. We start chatting. I said, Lally, I said, we're trying to feed orphan children. And I'm late with my payment. And I'm not happy. And you're telling me all these different types of stuff, and it's all lies. I said, what's going on? Just got myself in a bad spot. I said, why didn't you try and tell us? So halfway through this conversation, the words of my wife are ringing in my ears. You need to lead him to Jesus, dear. I thought, oh, boy. I said, yeah, she's right, of course. I said, look, Lally, we've got to make a plan here. Sorry if I got frustrated with you, but you owe some money. It's serious. It's important. We're going to get together on this particular day. I said, the, I said, listen, I want to talk to you about something completely different for a moment, if that's all right. 
it's not by accident that you've come into this house. And we're in this room right now having this conversation. Because I need to tell you about Jesus. Because Jesus can help you. In fact, he's probably the only one that can help you. And this guy listened. And three quarters of an hour later, we're talking about Jesus, the cross, the, all the rest of it, you know. I said, I'm going to pray now, if you like. He got down on his knees and he bawled his heart out. And he received Jesus. My wife and I were around there just yesterday. He said, can I have a Bible? He said, something's happened on the inside. This dreadful feeling that I've been on top of me for all this time has gone. I will pay the money back, and I'll pay extra, he said. I will. Just be patient with me. But have you got a Bible? And my wife and I were around there yesterday. We saw him. We prayed with him. <laughs> we didn't realize how miserable he was until God touched him, and he absolutely lit up. He was a neighbor that God was wanting to reach. Hallelujah. I wonder what the people are like in your area of influence, the people that live next door to you, the people you travel to work with, the people you do work with, those divine encounters, those chance encounters. I honestly believe with all my heart that God places us in the right place at the right time and gives us opportunities. I don't want to be one of those people who pass by on the other side of the road and I've been there and I've done that. But I want to be someone who more and more and more has a listening ear to the Spirit and who can reach our neighbors. One other very quick story before I finish. One of my neighbors next to me in Bollington was an elderly lady. And uh, when she moved into the neighborhood, I heard this dreadful screech from over the hedge. And it was just my neighbor calling out to the furniture remover van. I thought, good Lord. I said, how am I going to live next door to this? It, was, it sounded like a cat had been murdered. And I sent her a card and I said, welcome to the area. We'd love to get to know you more. And over several years, we went around, had cups of tea. We found out she was agoraphobic. Couldn't go out to the shop. She put a coat and shoes and on six times before she could go to the corner shop to buy a paper. I said to her, look, you know, there's a God in heaven that can help you. And we had the privilege of praying for her. She got instantly free. She ran out into the back garden, hands up in the air, shouting hallelujah. Why am I telling you this? It's because I believe that if we will get that first commandment right, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, you need that. I need that to love these people who often around us we find difficult to love. Who is it that is in your circle of influence right now? Who's winding you up? Who do you wish wasn't living next to you right now? Because God's placed you there. And he uses them, doesn't he, to refine our character. But you and I are God's plan A to reach your neighbors, to love your neighbors, to show love and compassion to the people that need it most. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for the awesome privilege uh, that you have given us to love the people around us and the responsibility to show them you and your love 
And I really pray for all of us tonight that each one of us would um, somehow discern those divine opportunities uh, that you place in front of us. And you give us the grace, oh God, somehow to reach out to those around us with the love of Christ and to see your kingdom come. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.